Welcome to the Wildcast Podcast, coming to you from Wildcast Studios with your hosts, Adam Lund and Jeremy Boucher. Welcome back to another episode of the Wildcast Podcast, your unofficial voice for all things Moncton Wildcats. As always, I am your host, Adam, from the studio by myself, and there's an actual reason this time uh, I was... I was positive. Uh, it was the only positive test in this house this week. Uh, so I am here in studio and I am joined. Don't worry. I am joined by your favorite co-hoster at a safe distance. Mr. Jeremy Boucher. How are you? Uh, pr- probably a lot better than you are. Uh, <laughs> let's, let, let's start off by, uh, by putting it that way. How are you feeling? Adam? Uh, I'm good. You know what? I'm, I'm good. It, uh, it, it took a lot more out of me than I thought it would. Uh, I was just extremely tired. Uh, kind of felt more like a strep throat, uh, which I had way six, seven, eight years ago. Um, but yeah, just extremely tired. Just, it just knocked me right out, uh, slept, uh, almost every day. Yeah. It's like me. I'm, I'm permanently tired. So maybe I'm just the, uh, creator <laughs> of COVID for all we know. Uh, but no, that's good. Uh, you know, obviously there's some people out there that have had it, uh, in, uh, a lot more rough than I guess, uh, you, you have. So, uh. That's uh, that's good. I've, yeah, I was. Uh, I don't know. I'm good. I think I haven't tested myself in a while, and because uh, obviously I was, you know, I was <laughs> over there at your place last Monday, yeah. and uh, yeah, so I was uh, concerned about myself. But no, you you didn't pass it on, so uh, good job. No, no. So far, I mean, you didn't have it. Uh, Layla's still COVID negative, so uh, just uh, just me, just the lucky me. After two two years of doing everything I possibly could not to get it. The masks, <laughs> the masks come down, and two days later, gotcha. So, yeah, um, yeah. But I mean, if there's a time to have it happen uh, after recording and while the the team is on the road trip, is uh, is a perfect time. So, uh, let's get into this thing. Um, I mean, Big Brother Canada started uh, last week. I guess two weeks now. Um, first, is my person still in the game, and and what's the new, latest update? Yes, uh, Kevin is still around. Uh, he's. Uh... He's kind of being, I mean, not a creep, but he's <laughs> doing creepy things. Uh-oh. Um, but uh, they seem to kind of enjoy it. So it's. Uh, I think he's doing pretty good. He's sitting pretty. And um, my man Moose is, is still around as well. Uh, yeah, so for this week, uh, I guess uh, last week was, uh, was uh, the, the eviction was a blind side. Uh, right. Let's put it that way. So. There was Josh and uh, Stephanie on the block, and Stephanie was under the impression that she was staying and Josh was going home. She expected the vote to be, you know, nine, maybe nine two, uh, for her to stay and Josh to go home. Uh, we get to eviction night Thursday, and it's a total blindside. It was nine to two to evict Stephanie. She did not see it coming. Um, it was very, uh, you know, it was, it was actually one of the more better blindsides in, in big brother Canada history. Cause right. uh, she did not see it coming one bit. Um, JC Lynn, who was kind of like her little, you know, friend in the house, JC Lynn didn't see it coming. Uh, Kyle was the head of household. Kyle's the one that told Stephanie that she was safe. Uh, so when she was evicted, his look on his face was just, what the hell just happened? What the hell just happened? <laughs> um, so that was, uh, that was awesome. And, um, Gino went, uh, went and won the HOH that night and, uh, went up and put, uh, Marty from Petit Rocher as, uh, one of the nominees and, uh, Jessica as the second. And 
spoiler alert, uh, Marty actually won the power of veto and was able to uh, take himself off the block. So uh, that's nice. a big move for, for Party Marty from up north. And uh, so uh, Gino uh, nominated Kyle. So Kyle is, uh, you know, the one who you know, was HOH last week is now on the block and, and likely the one to be uh, to be going home this week. So that's your uh, that's your Big Brother Canada update for the week of March twenty third. <laughs> yeah, you had to figure out which date it was, eh? All the dates kind of yeah. together. <laughs> um, well, it's good that uh, Marty goes able to get the uh, head of household, get his name away from it, and and survive another week. So. Uh, is it kind of? Yeah, because he he probably was going to be the, the the target this week. So yeah. it's he was able to you know save himself, which is which is huge. He's guaranteed safety another week, and he could play in next week's HOH. So um, uh, he's he's looking good so far. Is it kind of forming the way that you may have thought it would with clicks and and all that, and and the way the game's being played before the surprise eviction? So when we had Pat on the show a couple of weeks ago, he mentioned the Savage Seven Alliance, and that's just blown up now. It's, there's not even an alliance. There's not even an alliance. So um, there's, you know, you can you can tell there's starting to be clicks around the house and, and little small alliances and final two deals. But uh, you know, will they remain in place for the rest of the show? Uh, that remains to be seen. But uh, yeah, you always Gino and JC Lynn are kind of the uh, the showmance going on in the house and right. the only showmance in the house. Right. So they've, uh, they've got a bit of a target on their back, so they've got to watch themselves uh, going forward. Nice. And you're caught up on the mass Singer, I take it? Yeah. Uh, i got to say, I was slightly disappointed last week. Yeah. Uh, cause I was expecting a different, uh, some different performers, but instead it was just the same performers and, uh, apparently it's the same performers this week too. So, uh, kind of, a you know, kind of unhappy about that uh, I, I really wanted some some different singers yeah it's always fun to try and get that next set of guests and next set of clues and try and figure out moving forward um the ram we were both off we were thinking punters and uh and los angeles rams it ends up being joe buck which i mean quarterback troy aikman was his 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 uh his color guy and hamlet was the play-by-play he, he obviously does play-by-play for all the sports down there on Fox. So um, quite a bit off on that. I mean, thingamabob, I'm still sticking with Chris Long. I mean, it's, it's a football player of some sort, and I, I believe it's a Philadelphia Eagle, whether it's uh, your guy that I can't remember uh, who you were thinking. John, John Derenbos. Right, yeah. Um, it's it's an Eagle of some sort. The Firefly still, I got no no idea. Um, her, her mega clue was a jigsaw puzzle with Pharrell. Um, I mean – the, the judges are kind of thinking Alicia Keys. I, I don't hate that, but uh, I'm not really sure who it is. And Cyclops, I, I, I thought Jeff Hardy again. And then right after that, the next person who I think was Ram, Jeff Hardy's music was playing after that. So I'm just like, well, okay. clearly Cy- okay. Cyclops well, isn't that, isn't that. Yeah. I mean, it still could be him just based off some of the clues. And he's got that big Cyclops tattoo and he's from North Carolina. And, you know, but I, I don't actually know. So it's, we should have a. I mean, the next there's three left now. Thingamabob, Firefly, and um, Cyclops. Cyclops. And yeah. then the winner of that will go into the next round against whoever. So, you got any guesses? Uh, for Firefly, I mean, it's. I don't know. There's. 
those singers from back in the I think it was early early nineties, Brandy Brandy and Monica. Yep. Um, I think they sang that boy is mine, I think, or something like that. Yep. Um, could it be I, I don't know, maybe one of them too. Um, but honestly I have no idea. This is this I'm stumped, but uh whoever it is has surely taken the drama road, you know, when she walked off the stage uh, you know, after being in the bottom two, walking, walking yeah. off the stage, uh, you know, that's, uh, for, for a show that's, uh, you know, I would expect that on like a, a show where your real, your real face is being shown, yeah. but, uh, you know, walking off the stage with a mask on your, over your head is, <laughs> that was, that was unexpected. Was <laughs> so kinda... she's definitely playing the, playing the drama card on this yeah. season. Yeah. It's kind of hoping she was just going to be mad and just throw her mask off and reveal herself and then be like, sweet. So I know who that is. Now we move on to yeah. who the Ram was. So, uh, but yeah, a new, a new, uh, a new show this week. It's, it's no new guesses. It'll be Firefly. It'll be Cyclops and it'll be thingamabob. Uh, and the next two will go on to face whoever. And so hopefully it, this is the last for these five. And then we get a new set of, of five. Um, as they always, I mean, we're not on YouTube today just because of the fact that Jeremy's not in the studio, but you can follow us on Twitter, Moncton Wildcast, Instagram, Wildcast Podcast, and now on TikTok. Uh, don't forget to subscribe and like when we actually are on YouTube. Um, quick question, man. I know this is probably a no for you, um, but, I mean, we had the outdoor game. Um, I mean, we've had it in the WHL. We've had it in the OHL. Of course, we've had it in the QMJHL. Uh, we had it. I mean, it was Buffalo and Toronto, and then the the, the Oshawa Generals and the Hamilton Bulldogs played, um, which shout out to the Generals for those old school '90s two tone buckets, uh, the blue and the the old school blue and and red. Um, you know, Briar just actually reached out and he was talking about an outdoor game and whether we should have it. And I went back and found my old tweet from October twenty eighth of twenty nineteen. Um, so I just ask you, do you want? And do you actually think we'll ever see a Hub City Classic um, at uh, at the UDM Stadium? Didn't I go on a rant about outdoor games a couple of years ago? Yeah, I'm just trying to see if, the, uh, if, if how uh, much I hate them. Yeah, but this one would be in your own backyard, yeah. though. My opinion hasn't changed. Uh, I, I'm still, I, I still think they're a little ridiculous. Yep. Uh, you know, if, if there was a place to have it, yeah, UDM Stadium would be would be the place to be. Uh, if obviously if it was in, if, if it was in Moncton, uh, but I'm just, I'm, I'm over outdoor games. I think there's too many of them. And when they start having them in the California, uh, that's just ridiculous. Right. Um, you know, you can, you can't have, uh, an NHL outdoor game surrounded by palm trees. I'm sorry, <laughs> but that's just it's completely defeating yeah. the purpose of, of an outdoor game. Um, and yeah. So if it ever happens in Moncton, would like go to it? Eh. I might go to it. it, it I guess it, it, it would come down to who they're playing and what the setup is like, but it's not, you know, it's not, it's not a bucket, a bucket list item for me. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, you'd have to have more than just Moncton, more than just the Wildcats in this thing. Um, I mean, looking at my tweet, I had Saturday, you got the UDM women and men taking on UMB in a back to back and then uh, St. John versus Moncton. And then Sunday you could have the AAA flyers against St. John and then, the Wildcats against Bathurst. It's it's an all New Brunswick uh, type outdoor event, but you have to do something like that, and it, you're gonna have a very tough time having a quote unquote competitive hockey game. Like if if this was happening this year, I don't know if Moncton's invited because 
you know, we're just not going to go to get beat up. Right. So you, you gotta, I mean, depending when you have it, it, it wouldn't be next year. So you're looking, let's say 2024. Well, what are the cycles for St. John and Bathurst compared to Moncton? Well, then do you invite Halifax and Charlottetown because they're rivals, but you exclude your, you know what I mean? Like, and that's the thing is it's a once and a not lifetime thing. Cause they're popping up everywhere. But I think to be the first one in the Maritimes would be kind of cool. Um, Quebec's had a couple, I know there's been some obviously in the WNOHL, but I think UDM is the logical state, but like you said, it, it has to be the right game and you want the right weather in, in New Brunswick. When do you pick it? Because uh-huh. you could have it scheduled for February and it's either going to be minus 20, like it was, or it's going to be rainy and the ice is going to be junk and the whole events a wash yeah. anyways. Right. Like, so it's, it's really tough to decide when you're going to have it. And I think that's one of the hangups why you've probably not seen an event because you have to have the perfect ice conditions. You can't be too cold for these players, especially when you get into midget triple a. But um, I think if you do have to do it, it has to be somewhere where it's UDM's involved, obviously, because it's their, st- their stadium. Um, and you got to have some of the, the major midget teams. Yeah, that's true. I'm not, uh, it, it, it would be interesting if they did make it a New Brunswick thing. Uh, but I just think the ske- they, they need to make the schedules work. Uh, it's always outdoor games are always sketchy when it comes to ice conditions. Yeah. So you don't uh, so many games on an ice service like that could uh, you know <laughs> might be dangerous for for the for the later games on the schedule. Yep. Um, I, I just you know I I, I just, like I said not something that would be on my bucket list. Um, not uh, you know I don't think I can't remember the last time I watched an outdoor game. Might have been that that. One of the at the World Juniors a few years ago, which was I mean that was just that was silly, yeah. right? That's uh, that's, uh, that's such a huge event, and they decide to have uh, an outdoor game. Uh, that's no, you, you you can't do that for for the World Juniors. Yeah. So um, I'm just I I don't I'm, I'm not a fan of them. Never have been, and I, I don't think my my opinion will ever change. No, I don't believe it will, and I won't ever. I, I generally won't bring it up unless we see one, and then. I'll get on the old, hey, should we do this and be the first? And, you know, everyone likes to be the first. So, but yeah, I mean, it's going to be tough enough to try and figure out one day to get the weather correct. Like the NHL started to have problems where the game scheduled at four and then they got to push it back because of weather. You try and have two days in a row with five potential games and the ice, you're, you're bang on. It's It would be a feat to pull off, but uh, I mean... You just got an empty stadium. It's right there. there there's the choice. But I don't. Uh, I don't actually think we ever. Uh, we ever get to that. So you know what? Let's get. To, let's continue to keep it uh, where we are and, and keep it on the ice. So let's get to news and notes from around the league. News and notes from around the league. All right. So some news and notes. I mean, tonight, Barbashev will represent Team Red in the top prospects game on TSN at eight. 30 um this is just kind of a all-star it's not really an all-star game it's more like these kids are actually going to be playing for something and it should be interesting to watch to see how um how max fits in with with the rest of these uh with the rest of these draft picks yeah i guess it's gonna be stiff uh it's gonna be a lot of fun this is a game that uh again not one that i'll watch a lot but uh i'll, I'll watch it if there's you know if there's some wildcats playing and 
fortunate enough to have one this year. <laughs> I know there's some people out there that'll say you didn't didn't deserve to be invited. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, you know, over you know, I I would respectively disagree. I think he brings a different. Um, it's not just. Um, you know, it's not just, it's not an all-star game, right? It's not, yeah. it's not for skills. It's players, you know, you're probably, there's going to be NHL scouts that are there that are like, okay, well, yeah, this guy might be playing first line in his Q team, but here he's playing, you know, we think he'd be a good fit on a, as a third liner because that's more what his game's all about. And that's what the prospect game is all about is literally NHL scouts saying, okay, well, this guy, this player we think could develop into into a first liner, but this player could be a, a good third liner or a penalty killer. It's all about, you know, identifying the the skill set required, you know, for your on your team's depth chart. And I think it's, you know, he he look at his brother like Barbashev. I think he's Ivan. I think he's more of a third liner in in second third liner in St. Louis. Well, that's kind of where I think max could be in the nhl as well more so a third liner because he you know he he plays that that style of game so it's not it's not an all-star game mm-hmm. and you're i mean i think i've i think everybody i'm shocked that jordan dume is not there from halifax i mean yeah. i don't know how you could ignore him yeah um but uh if this week good experience for max and um <laughs> if you look at his profile for the prospects game it says it's favorite uh, road rink to play in is Halifax. Uh, the defender he hates playing against is, is Kuznetsov on St. John. Well, hey, um, that's, uh, wait till he goes and plays in Quebec. I think he'll <laughs> have a different, uh, a different opinion on, on favorite road rink. Yeah. Yeah, uh, for sure. He's, uh, he's on Team Red. Um, you know, he's going to be with Shane Wright. He's going to be with Matthew Savoie, the first and third um, prospects rating on, on Central Scouting. Um, Maverick Lamoureux for for Drummondville's on that team as well, and then Shingaloff, and then Team White. Uh, you've got the rest of the the Qs, so Anton Vero of Gatineau, Tristan Leno of Gatineau, and uh, Noah Warren of Gatineau. So basically, Gatineau's all playing together on that Team White. So um, kind of evened it up, and it, yeah, like you said, it's this will be a good experience for him, not only to get some some extra coaching and and just play with guys that may bring something different that you can bring back to this club. And, and while it sucks, while we've got OJ out and now we're going to be without Barbashev on, uh, I, by the time you listen to this, we didn't have him last night against St. John potentially might not have him against Cape Breton tomorrow night. Um, you know, he's getting to play with other players and, and maybe bring something back and this can only help him moving forward into the, the second half, or I guess the remaining 20 some games of the season. Yeah, because these points are uh, are going to be important, right? There's uh, yep. these points are are going to be hard to come by. Yeah. Um, so we can we we're going to need uh, as healthy of uh, of a lineup as possible, the most available guys as possible. So, um, yeah, it'd be nice if he was back in time for Thursday. Could be one of those uh, late additions to the lineup. <laughs> Hopefully, the but, late uh, the yeah, late he's definitely definitely out for against St. John. The late fly in. Uh follow him with a camera as he walks into the rink, gets dressed, shows up yeah. midway through the second period, one of those. <laughs> Something like uh, so, like Halifax did with Raphael. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Eve Gascon made her Cuban JHL debut, uh, making 18 of 20, 18 saves on 23 shots in a 4-3 uh, overtime loss. Only the third time that that's happened in the queue. Mano um, Rion back in 91 and... Uh, Charlotte Bonte in 98, I believe. You'd think I'd have this up, but 
Unfortunately, I did not. Um, but I watched probably the first half of that game. Um, I don't know if you watched any of it before I flipped over to Moncton. I thought she quitted herself quite well. The first goal, she was a little deep uh, in her crease, but she made a, an unbelievable save coming across. Um, so later in that period, she started to get more comfortable as the game went on. Um, Gatineau started to kind of settle in with her behind the net. I mean, there's a lot of pressure. That was a, the rink was full for the first time uh, this season. So, um, I mean, watching in the overtime and and uh, Gatineau coming back to get to get uh, to get the thing to overtime. I mean, what an what an experience for her. And and the overtime goal was a two on one. So I know there's going to be haters out there with with a girl in net, but hey. She is no better, no worse than uh, than m- most of the men playing in that same spot in a game like that. And um, it was good to see her actually get on the ice. And I don't think I've seen it a few times. I don't think this actually affects her NCAA scholarship. So it'll be interesting to see what uh, what kind of happens with her. Yeah, it doesn't. For from what I'm understanding, is doesn't affect her her NCAA. So she'll still be. I think it's North Dakota that she's committed to. I'm not. I'm not exactly sure there, but um, no, she she definitely held her own, um, which was uh, which was amazing to see. And yeah, she did. Um, there was a uh, you know a, a point where I think Ramuski had a two nothing lead or something like that, and she made a huge save. Yeah. And uh, it was uh, that kind of brought Gatineau back in the game. Uh, so you know, if you want to look at turning points, you know, could have been a different result if it if you know that that puck goes in. But uh, she stepped up, made a you know huge you know I would say a, a ten beller I think is what they call it, yeah, ten bell save, and uh, you know that kind of got the uh, got the Olympic back in the game. So I was uh, I was I was impressed. I actually watched that uh, nothing against the Wildcats, but that was the game that uh, I had my my eye on um for uh you know for that afternoon and I, I watched the entire game and i thought she she did she was incredible uh i don't uh i wouldn't be surprised if she's back up with the team uh playing another game here in the near future do you think she sticks next year or do you think it's more of a an ncaa thing for her oh i think she's i think she's got her her, her eyes set on 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 college and okay um i just i, I think it's I think it's great that they've allowed her to play a game in the queue and, and still keep her, her NCAA eligibility. It's, uh, you know, it's obviously that's not the same case for uh, when we're talking about men, but uh, yeah, exactly. it, 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 it's, uh, I think it's, you can't just go in and uh, take something away like that from, from her. Cause you know, she's, she's, she's earned it and she deserves every, uh, every opportunity that she's gotten, uh, you know, when, uh, that's that's came to her. So uh, yeah, I don't think this is the last game, the last time they'll see her in that for forgotten of the season. No, and I believe this may have opened the door for. And again, should have been prepared. My bad, COVID brain for the one in the OHL. Maybe she gets a game um, later uh, for Sarnia, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. But again, I mean, goaltending for women in this country as we move on in the Olympics, you know, it's it's going to be in good hands with uh, with Eve Gascon as she goes through NCAA and kind of comes up the ranks and, and ends up playing for Canada. And if, if this PWHA gets going a pro, right. Being able to play pro, uh, yeah. pro hockey. So, um, yeah, good on her. Hopefully she can at least stay up, get maybe one more game or something and, um, just kind of continue to compete and get better. And, you know, the future's bright for her and, and any, any girl that watched that, you know, it, there's a chance to play. Uh, with the boys in in the queue, or you know, and any house log team, so um, 
it was good to see. Hundred percent. I remember when we talked when we first talked about it earlier in the season, when she was you know brought to Gatineau's camp as a as a free agent. I mentioned uh, about uh, a goalie in Nova Scotia, Lisa Lisa Mumborquette. She was yep. Uh, yep. Um, you know, the, we, if you want to look at the Nova Scotia um, midget playoffs, um, the upset was the Weeks over Dartmouth. Well, who was the backup for the Weeks in that series? That series, Lisa Mumborquette, right? So she's she's got that ability to to play in that level. Uh, and I, I'd love to see a Q team give her an opportunity here in the next couple of years. Taya Curry was drafted in the 14th round um, by, or the 14th pick in the, in the, yeah, 14th round pick by Sarnia. So I went and found her name so that I there could give go. her name for some props there. Um, the QMJHL team of the week. Uh, well, no, no Wildcats this week again. At some point we'll get on there. Um, Jacob Melanson, four, four games. Where is it there? Jacob Lawson, four goals, uh, two assists in four games. Theo Rochette for Quebec, three games, four goals, four assists. Uh, Alexi Gendron, three games, three goals, three assists. Luca Cormier for the Islanders, three games, two goals, four assists. Mark Antoine Pepin for the Dracar, three games, one goal, four assists. And Ivan Shingalov, 2 and 0, 942 save percentage, and a 145 goals against average. So just finding his form as he gets ready for the. Uh, the top prospects game uh, on Wednesday. Nice when everything kind of ties in there. So let's, uh, well, let's get to the fun part of the show. Let's get to everyone's, uh, well, hasn't been the best part, but let's get to the uh, weekly rewind. Weekly rewind. All right. So the cats, uh, another three game losing streak, which brings them up to six could be seven by the time you hear this thing. Oh, they, I mean, look, we talked it was going to be a very tough stretch. Uh, so they're 21-25-1 for 48 points, still fifth in the Maritimes, seventh in the East, which gives us a series against the Islanders based on points. Thursday, 5 nothing loss to the Islanders. Saturday, 6-2 loss to the Sea Dogs. Sunday, 5-3 loss to the Islanders. Um, I mean, it, we're not going to go through each game like we did last week. Um, six possible seven-game losing streak. Nobody wants that at any point. I mean, usually when you're going against teams that are loading up, you may get them once, twice a year, depending how many teams are loaded up. It just really sucks that it's on the back end of our abbreviated two-part schedule, and they're all in our division. Um, so we're, are we in danger of missing the playoffs? Oh, I wouldn't want to go that. I don't, I'm not going to go that far. Okay. I think we've. Uh, cool. I, I think there's enough points on the board to – uh, to to get a playoff spot, yeah. Um, I will be concerned. I am concerned about that uh, about our our positioning ending up being a lottery pick for Halifax. So let me put that uh, okay. let me put that out there. So that um, uh, right know, now, could, uh, uh, right now, forty five points at fourteenth is the is the cutoff. So we're three points ahead of Shakutami right there. Yeah. So that that I'm kind of uh, you know a little concerned about. Um, but uh, you know, it's uh, the nice part about that is, you know, even if the Halifax pick is a lottery pick uh, this year, well, that Valdor pick we have next uh, in 2023 looks like uh, could be a yeah. could be a good lottery pick for us. So you know, you could say it's uh, you know you lose out this year, but we'll win next year. And for for everything I know the 2023 draft is, is a lot deeper than the 2022 draft. Okay. So let's, uh, let's put that out there too. Yes. 
Um, yeah, so that's kind of the one thing that I'm keeping my eye on. Uh, I, you know, I think I checked the. I, I've been score scoreboard watched a lot over the weekend, especially with the Valdor games. And yeah. I, uh, I think they went oh oh and three. They lost to Bay Como. They lost to Rouen. I think they lost to um, Bay Como again. Oh. For I think, I think uh, I, I, I watch. I know they lost twice to Bay Como. Uh, and there was a third game they played. I'm not, I, I want to say Rouen, but I'm not too sure. But they lost all three games, so that was kind of kind of helps out the Wildcats. And then got some help um, on the scoreboard yesterday as well, where that Victo and Blainville, uh, I guess Sunday, yeah, the Victo Blainville game was a three point game, which yeah. was good. Uh, so it's you know at this point as a Wildcats fan, you're you're starting to scoreboard and watch a little bit and. Uh, more you know watch the standings and just hope that that uh our first round pick to halifax doesn't end up being a uh in the water spot yeah yeah because they had it last year and you know it would suck to give them back-to-back lottery chances um i mean there's a possibility moncton might even cross over right i mean depending if uh if bacomo keeps winning and shikudami keeps winning and um i mean victo they're not going to make it. I mean, there is a chance we could cross over. It's a limited chance. If we drop over to nine and our record is better than Victoriaville, we could cross over. I, I don't know how I feel about, I think I'd maybe want to cross over more than have to go through the Eastern conference. But anyway, you're crossing over. You're going to play Sherbrooke, Gatineau, Shawinigan. It's not, uh, it's not an easy thing, but it should get better as we get into April, right? Like this was a very tough stretch and we didn't sugarcoat this thing coming in. We were going to be lucky to get points in in this seven game stretch against St. John, Shawinigan, or St. John, Charlottetown. Like it was going to be very tough. No, and I think that's why we got to capitalize on these games against Cape Breton, um, the Quebec road trip. I think we we need to pick up some points there. Uh, we've shown that we can, you know, beat Halifax. So you know these these games they've against Halifax against Halifax against Cape Breton the, the Quebec road trip that's coming up uh, they got to put their best efforts best best effort out there yeah. and um, you know try to get a couple wins because it's it's going to be close coming down to the uh, at the end of the season and you know every every point counts and you know if you want to look at these games you know uh, the game against Charlottetown we are right in it. Um, you know, the game against St. John on, on Saturday, I think it was right. Mm. Um, we were in it, right. It's just, uh, there's this, it came down to special teams. You know, you had Moncton had, uh, against Charlottetown. I couldn't tell you how many power play opportunities and they just couldn't convert. They had Six. a chance to tie the game. Five, and, three in a row uh, in the third period and, and couldn't do anything. Yeah. Um, so that's, uh, but then they go and get a power play goal with like two minutes left in the game where it's kind of out of reach, you know, yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, that's the, the whole funny thing about it. But, but it literally, and it wasn't even their top power play unit. They had like Mercier and Darcy on the ice and Cloutier. And <laughs> you know, like, it's, it's not even your top power play, but these guys can go out and score a goal. But the, the top, you know, it's kind of frustrating, but, uh, that's, we're not going to get into the frustrating talk, but no, uh, it, it, yeah, these, the, we were in these games. Like that, I guess the exception was the, was the shutout against Charlottetown. It's you know that was kind of uh, you know Philly played played unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Would have been a lot worse than five nothing. It wasn't for him. Um, the St. John game, we were right with them. The Charlottetown game, we were right with them. We just you know we couldn't capitalize on the opportunities. And 
Um, and that's, that's just being a young hockey team, right? You're, uh, the chance, you're not going to go and you're not going to get a power play goal every, every time you need it. Uh, you know, we don't have any game breakers on this team. Yeah. Uh, and so you just have to, you know, if you can stay in these games and, you know, get a, get a timely goal here and there. And then, you know, if you're down by one, you get, uh, you know, with a couple minutes left, put Pilot on the ice for sake. You know, because <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, if you can stay, if you can keep these games to one goal or two goals, and just get get a timely goal, and then you know, get that goalie pull and hopefully tie it. That's you know, I don't care if you lose in overtime. I don't care if you lose in a shootout. Shootout. These just get one point, and they're big points yeah. at this point. This yeah, season. Oh, 100%. So, um, as long as you can battle out there, get one point, I, I think that's a huge success against these teams. And that's, and you have to look at the, the rosters moving forward too. You're going to have Mercedes playing second line. People will say, well, I don't know if he deserves it. He's not putting up points. It's not about this year. It's about getting him the value for next year, the year on. You know, you could have Mercer now that uh, Subaru Steel is, as I tweeted, eliminated. So can we make that call? Is it too soon? I don't know. Um, you know, you're going to have guys maybe playing in spots that they're not putting up points. So why are they there? It's literally mm-hmm. just for next year. I mean, you look at Ayasenza, he's not second. He's not our third ranked defenseman. If he's not up here in that 2020 season, when the, the team wasn't playing, uh, his midget Correct. team wasn't playing and he was up here and everybody couldn't figure out why he was up here as a seventh defenseman and how much ice, all the ice time that these guys are going to get are going to help them moving forward. And you've seen, Loshing play limited minutes, and then eventually, you know, he's kind of taken off this year. Um, I mean, that Moncton Charlottetown game, yes, or Sunday. If it's not for Philly on at a twenty-four to three shot clip, that thing's probably seven eight nothing by the time they even get to the break. And they were still in it. They missed a uh, Kalmakov was stopped on a on a power or a penalty shot. Uh, Barbashev, nice. uh, there was a questionable hack there. They go. He misses, they go down, they score, it's 3-1. Well, now you're, yeah, I mean, it was 2-1, you're kind of in it, that happens. Cluche uh, missed on a breakaway, I think there was another one. Um, late in the game, there was a tip, LaPena got it with his lag, like, they're right there in this one. So it's like, yes, it's it's going to be frustrating to watch the losses pile up, and this is what a rebuild happens. And, I mean, like I said, we're playing against a division that all three of these teams have a chance to go to the finals. All three of these teams have a chance to go to the Memorial Cup. We got 20 games left. 15 of them are against our division. Um, so you you have to look at the fact that the the guys that are playing where they're playing, it's not for this season. So don't let's not get mixed up on where guys are playing. Mercy on the second line, and you know he should be a fourth line. And Cluches deserves or Daniel or whatever. It doesn't matter where they're playing. It's all for next year and the year after that, and and getting guys ready. And and like I said. This is the time to bring up Mercer now that they've been eliminated. And Saracen, I thought he played well when he was called up too. So it's 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 about next year as much as it is trying to get points. Yeah, anytime you can play a game against a team like Charlottetown and and they're you know George Matthews and Corey Arsenal, you know if they're if they're saying that if they're saying the game wasn't easy for Charlottetown, that's a compliment towards Moncton. Hundred percent, right? And and, that, and that's what. And if you know, I just happened to tune into the Charlottetown broadcast for the third period, and that's what they kept saying. They're saying, you know, this you know, Moncton's done a really good job of keeping this close uh, against you know a strong Charlottetown team, and that's what I want to hear, right? That's that's what that's what I want to hear every game is that you know when the opposing teams, you know, play by play and color commentator can say things like that about 
you know, or a rebuilding team that's on a five, six game losing streak. That's, I mean, that just tells you the team's playing well. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, I think if they play like that against, you know, the St. John game that, you know, obviously fans are going to, are not going to be able to, they're going to watch before they hear this, this show. Yeah. If they can, if they can put an effort on the ice, like they did against Charlottetown Sunday, you know, they might actually be able to sneak out a point for all I know. Yeah. Um, but I, what I'm getting tired and sick <laughs> of is these Couture against Lemieux matchups. Yes. Uh, I would like to see something different. Yeah. Um, you know, um, I wouldn't mind seeing her debuts. I wouldn't mind seeing Philly on play against the Sea Dogs. Yeah. Um, I was actually surprised hey. LaPanna played the second one. I yeah. Know, maybe Satin yeah, play it. Uh, that's, that's nothing against Couture. I mean, he's, but um, you know, I I also almost forgot that St. John had her debuts because every time they're, <laughs> yeah. they're playing the Sea Dogs, it's Couture, and yeah. uh, I also forgot the Sea Dogs had Marshall Lassard because I think ever since they got traded to St. John, he's been injured. Uh, yeah, so yeah, you know, it's just I'd like to see a different goalie matchup. Um, but yeah, I'm just getting some serious uh, serious vibes from last from last season. Yeah, and you know, I just want to see some uh, some different teams. Yeah, and uh, it's, yeah, Philion. I mean, we're going to talk about him in a little bit. I, I believe he's elevated his play now to the point where I think instead of alternating, maybe he's getting two of every three, you know, kind of thing. It's it's time. I mean, he's playing really well. And not Nothing against Lemieux, but you keep rolling out Lemieux against St. John, and it's not like at some point it, it's got to be Philion. Like give them something different to look at. Um, but yeah, like 20 games left. You got four against Charlottetown, three against St. John, four against Bathurst, two against Halifax, two against Cape Breton. And then you've only got five against the Quebec team. So two against Gatineau, home and home. And then that Quebec road trip, Quebec, Ramouski and Blainville. So, um, you know, the points are really going to be tough to come by, um, against those top three teams that we're going to play a lot of in this season, which leads me to the question. I mean, we've seen all three teams. They could all win the the league. They could all, you know, acquit themselves well to Memorial Cup. Which one of the three has been the best for you uh, so far? I I think what we saw from uh, is so St. John is looks to be unstoppable, but uh, I think in a seven game series, I think Charlottetown would come out on top. Yep. In seven in seven games, um, so you know if it ends up being a uh, a final if it can somehow work out that it's Charlton against St. John uh we're in for a treat and oh, yes. uh you know if if that's the case well both teams are going to make it to the Memorial Cup because um it's just going to see who's going to go in the back door who's going to go in the front door yeah uh when it comes down if it's you know St. John's in the finals you know both teams are going to make it to the Memorial Cup it's just who's going to uh, who's going to represent uh, I think it's um no, I think the schedule's already made up. I was going to say if, um, forget that. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, no, honestly, like if, if St. John's in the final, it's you know whoever they're playing automatically gets gets a pass to the Memorial Cup. And yep. then, um, we, we we saw that we saw it perfectly here in two thousand and six, right? It was the Wildcats against the the Ramparts and the Presidents Cup final. Moncton won the final, but lost to the Ramparts in the Memorial Cup. So it's you know, you can you can go in the front door to the Memorial Cup, but it doesn't mean you're going to come out on top. So it's um, didn't that happen in Schwinnigan too? Schwinnigan lost in the second round 
St. John won the President's Cup, and then Schwinnigan won the Memorial Cup, right? No, I'm talking about like how. Oh, meeting in the final. Yeah, meeting in the final. Oh, okay, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, you can you can go into the you can go to the Memorial Cup through the back door. Yeah. But and and easily come still come out on top. Right, so it's um, it'll be interesting how that uh, how that plays out. Bathurst is they're good, um, but I just think they're overmatched right now. Uh, maybe I'm wrong, um, but I just think I, I've seen more from St. John and Charlottetown than I have from Bathurst. Yeah, yeah. I uh, and we're gonna get a look at them in a couple weeks with three and three. Um, but I mean, right now you're putting those two teams uh, in a final, um, and look. Charlottetown, I mean these two teams. St. John's got nine and nine and nine zero and one in the past ten. Um, Bathurst has got six in a row. Charlottetown's three zero and two. But Charlottetown, I mean they're without Ben Boyd, they're without Zach Waugh, they're without Xavier Simino. So, I mean that's that's a top line on almost any team in in the league. And and that team just they got the best defense core, um, you know. And I think they've got the best goaltender in my opinion like they've just got a, a lineup from top to bottom kind of like Moncton where it doesn't matter if you're the first line or the fourth line everybody's got a role everybody knows what they're doing and they're playing and they're they're just they're going one way and I think Charlottetown just of the three I think Charlottetown probably is the the favorite to to come out of this thing and I'm, I'm, I'm with I'm with you I really hope somehow we don't get those two in a best of five because I think that's cheating the fans. I think that deserves to be the final somehow and, and be a best of seven. But I mean, right now you're looking at Charlotte. If, if all top seeds won uh, in the Eastern conference, it'd be Quebec, St. John, Charlottetown, Bathurst in the second round. That's, uh, that's wild. Yeah. Like that's a very good second round series between Charlottetown and Bathurst. And one of those two teams that loaded up for, for Memorial cup run is done in a five game series. So yeah. it's, yeah, that's uh, that's that's just the the sad part is that yeah. that can happen, right? Yeah. And then there's there's going to be some upsets, and that's uh, you know, if St. John's out in the in the first round, well, don't count them out, right? Because they're yeah. still going to the cup. I yeah. saw that perfectly with Swinigan in 2012. Uh, you know, you get you get a couple months off. All you got to do is is you know take. Uh, Tell the team to go home and spend time with their families for for a month, and, and come back to the rink and start practicing. And you know, just the fact that you're seeing your families for a month can can do can do a whole lot of good. Uh, and so, hey, that's that'll be something to keep an eye on for sure. Yeah, it's. I don't necessarily hate the fact of crossing over into the Western Conference and maybe catching a Shawinigan or a Gatineau or something uh, in the first round. First round upset because the Eastern Conference looks awfully difficult to go through for sure, right? I I'd have to agree. I'd be all for a, uh, a crossover <laughs> yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe don't maybe don't set your sights on a crossover there, Moncton. But if if it happens, eh, I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna be all that uh, all that upset. But you know, we got three games uh, in this next three game and four game set. Um, Cape Breton tomorrow night, St. John, and then Charlottetown at home. Hopefully, these crowds can stay where they've been at, at 4,200 people, um, 4,000 people. And it's not looking at all. Oh, they're on a seven game winning streak. No point. You just, this is a good team. They've been in every game. If you're listening to this, we're not just fluffing them and saying, Oh, they're in every game. They're literally in every game. And Cape Breton should be a game where they can pick up two points and need to pick up two points. If nothing else to stop this 
seven game slide, which I'm just going to assume that they lost last night. So if they didn't, that's me reverse psychology this thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I, I don't know if you want to address the, the rumor that was floating out online last week about a, a certain beloved character. Um, yeah, I was actually going to bring that up as, as part of the news and notes, but uh, okay. I totally forgot. But, yep. uh, yeah, so the, the social media rumors that seem to have popped up saying that Wild Willie was going to be retired by the team. Uh, I, I don't know what to think. I, you know, that's that seems pretty drastic of a move. He's, you know, he's been a staple of the organization since, yep. you know, 1996. And you know, I remember going down and to, to when they revealed the Wildcats as, as the team name for the junior, the QMJHL team in Moncton. And, you know, they introduced Wild Willie as, as the mascot. And he's, you know, he's, it's been a while. It's been, it's been around for a while. And to, um, I, you know, I think you can probably keep him around. The individual that, you know, plays Wild Willie might be getting, you know, a, a little, you know, kind of older for the for the role. So, right. Um, you know, but you should be keeping Wild Willie around. I mean, bringing a bringing a younger person who's you know might be able to bring more energy to the to the game. It that's that's something you got to consider. You just can't say. Sorry, Wild Willie, really, we're, we're we're moving on. Like, what are you gonna do? Like, are, are they thinking about bringing in a new mascot, like a whole different character? Uh, I I don't like. You, you have to have a mascot. Yeah. Right. But you uh, would think. You, you. I mean, I'm with you. I, I don't understand the move. I mean, first of all, some of the rumors that were out there was March 27th. Well, there's still a month left in the season with six seven home games left like what are you doing and then it was well maybe it it might be to the end of the season but i mean you know i had the live and i kind of went on the rate or the rant and you know maybe a town hall with a rebrand for fans and season ticket holders and you know you got the new ticket guy and let's get some ideas from your season ticket holders and blah 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 well kids this this thing kids are your major market families are your major market in the qmjhl and in the chl in general and mm-hmm. you get rid of a, a mascot that is beloved. Like if you would go to a game and you just watch the entrance, every kid runs to him as soon as they walk in that door. They're all looking for him. Like good on them to have the the bouncy castles and stuff like that. But if if I've got kids, um, you know, if I'm a family of four with two kids that are in that age to see Wild Willie, and he's not there anymore, why am I spending eighty dollars to go to a hockey game on a Sunday afternoon? just to watch hockey. My, my four-year-old and six-year-old, for example, they don't understand the logistics of hockey and yeah, they can go in a bounce house, but, but what are you doing? So you can't, it, I really hope this is just a, a wild willy retirement and, and they bring somebody else new, like the person that, you know, is under the, the hood there, but I can't see them just outright canceling and, and not bringing back wild willy of some sort. Yeah, there's, there's, I mean, you need a mascot. I mean, yeah. there's been, you know, a few, there was a, uh, a mascot that was around named Furball. This was long before your time. That was a Memorial Cup, uh, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And uh, there was another one that was a gorilla that would slide down the stairs on a GT <laughs> snow racer. And um, that, that experiment just didn't, didn't work out. Right. Uh, too much of an injury uh, situation yeah. here, but yeah. Um, 
you know, you, you can't, you can't lose Wild Willie. Like it's, you need, if anything, I understand the individual, you know, behind the mask is you know, might want to call it, you know, say call it a career or whatever. But uh, you need, um, you can't just retire Wild Willie. You need to, you need to get a new body in that in that suit. Yeah, someone that's going to bring, uh, you know, a different level of of energy and spirit to the games. Because uh, I, I remember Wild Willie used to jump on the stairs on on the seats and start clapping and and that's uh, that's what you need you just need yeah. a different uh a different body in there and uh the, yeah you, you need to keep wild willie around it's just easy it's a staple yep right it's that's that's your character yeah and it's not just we're not just talking in the ice either i mean i sitting in the studio i'm looking at the stand up for brent polster and they've got the the preseason kind of road hockey outdoor thing adventure that they have and you know he's there he's an attraction for kids and you know, mm-hmm. when this team gets back to being a community team and doing a community events, and I and I realize you know COVID's put some damper on that. That's your that's your your mascot. That's your your representation. Your representation. Hell, we had him at our game seven viewing party. He showed yes. up for sixty five <laughs> people. He was not sent I, there. I think I think you got to talking to uh, about that. Yeah, but, uh, he was. That know. was not an official event, and he showed up. I mean. <laughs> what what other mascot does that right like yeah. so it's just i i don't understand it and you know i i put it out there i think there needs to be a town hall and a, and a rebrand and you know i offered you and me the the uh, the ability to host it because you're bilingual i am not and you know there needs to be something because especially if you're getting rid of the mascot you need to what are you doing inside that arena to keep families there um, everything's going up. So you need to, what are you doing? And, and, and losing a mascot is a tough way to convince families. Hey, come to the Avenir center at, uh, on a Saturday, on a Sunday at four o'clock. Right. Yeah. It's on, if they're going to bring in a new, a new mascot, please let it be something like gritty. <laughs> uh, you know, something like, can you imagine a mascot like gritty? Yeah. <laughs> 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 like smashing people's phones and like throwing pies in their faces yeah. and uh that that's what i would need in yeah. a hockey game is uh you know a character like um like that or someone like loopy you yeah. know uh, the silly fanatic or something like that yeah. just an absolute goofball yeah uh, at a uh, at a hockey game is what i need absolutely all right let's get everyone's favorite part of the show eric murray realtor buy a house from him stick tap of the week all right folks um so it was uh, announced on, uh, I think it was Hockey Night in Canada last week, the uh, the 12 finalists for the Chevrolet Good Deeds Cup and uh, the representatives for New Brunswick are the Lutes Mountain U13 girls hockey team. Uh, so these, uh, these group of girls, uh, they built an outdoor rink uh, at a women's shelter, uh, donated equipment, uh, so these women and, and children could could play hockey. Um, so they've got an opportunity to win. Wow, uh, fifty thousand. Yeah, really, really cool. Uh, they've got an opportunity to win fifty thousand um, dollars as part of the uh, Chevrolet Good Deeds Cup. Um, so you can uh, go online and vote. Um, I think you've got until April the second. Uh, yeah. So the one winning team receives a hundred thousand dollars to do- donate to a Canadian charity of their choice. Um, plus, uh, they get their team uh, added to the uh, the trophy. So, yeah, there's 12 regional finalists. You can go to uh, Chevrolet 
goodbeadscup.ca. Uh, you can vote for the Lutes Mountain Fury, the U13 girls hockey team, because uh, what they've done around here is uh, that's you know that's to to be that young and contribute that uh, like that to the community is is pretty huge. And uh, I think they've got a uh, a good story going on there. So you can go on there and vote uh, until April second. And uh, hopefully we can uh, bring that uh, bring that trophy back to Moncton. Already voted. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've I've put a few there in there over the over the weekend. So I wanted to get that out there. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's. I'm just reading some of the stories. Of what some of these teams have done is just incredible. Like I wouldn't even imagine, you know, knowing where to start to get, uh, you know, to get some of these things done. So good on these kids for. Uh, you know, for really helping out around their, around their communities and, uh, and, and doing good things. For sure. The Stick Tap of the Week, sponsored by Eric Murray Real Estate with the REMAX Avante team. If you're looking to buy or sell a home in the greater Moncton or surrounding area, make sure to check him out on social media or give him a call at 506-863-8802. Yeah, and especially in the, in the age of the social media and uh, being on, kids being on their phone and stuff, it's just good to see... You know, I wouldn't have done that at that. Like, I wouldn't have thought to do that at that age, right? So it's just what these kids are doing in, in anywhere in across Canada is pretty, pretty special. That they're they're pretty selfless. So that's an excellent stick tap, sir. Thank you. I was going to give an auto mention to uh, obviously Gatineau and uh, and Eve Gascon, but we already covered that. So <laughs> we'll we'll focus more on on this one. Nice. All right, that brings us to the uh, Rosemary Lynn Massage Wildcast Wildcat of the Week. Uh, back for another season to sponsor. Right now, you can uh, call Angelina or Nicole. They're accepting new clients, and they do direct bill. Give them a call at 506-830-1224 or on Instagram, Rosemary underscore Lynn Massage underscore. Uh, they have a lot of stories where they're, they've got cancellations or they're trying to fill spots. So if you want to get a massage, um, just follow them and uh, see if you can get in there. Uh, the Wildcat of the Week goes to a player who, uh, well, he was stellar in both losses. Um, is it wasn't really our weekend, but, uh, if not for him, the weekend could have been a lot worse. Um, 90 shots, 80 saves. Uh, he should have had a star on Thursday maybe, uh, but he was the third star on, on Sunday. He's coming into his own. And we talked about it from the Shawinigan game, uh, last month, uh, playing in front of his family to now, uh, this month, he's got a 3.61 goals against average and 900 save percentage. Um, and like I said, I mean, I hope he gets a few more starts, Kind of, I like the alternating, and we kind of talked about maybe doing that when you brought in a twenty-year-old. But I think now is the time to, all right, two out of three, or you know, kind of give him the bigger, the bigger games kind of thing. Uh, your Wildcast Wildcat of the week is number thirty-one, Vincent Filion. Um, I mean, he was just he was very good in both both Charlottetown games. Really, really sharp. Uh, really sharp. Um... You know that's why I think he deserves to get a, a game against uh, against St. John just to yeah. see what he can do. And um, yeah, I mean, you got Lemieux who came from St. John. They probably faced him the last three games. They've got a tape on him. Yeah, right. <laughs> they know. They know him. They. It's. Uh, I just. So it's hard to believe. I just can't believe they've continued playing him against St. John. And um, there, there needs to be a, a change here because it's it's starting to be. I mean, how could you not have a book on him right now? Oh, yeah. He's literally yeah. a former teammate, right? It's uh, yeah. and, and now you faced him three in what three consecutive games, and so you, you gotta you gotta change things up and and you know hope that there's a 
a different result in one of these games. And there's no, and St. John's having fun with it, right? Like you could see it. In, that was a great uh, time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the last game they put five past them and they're just, they're having a, they're having fun. So it's, uh, I, I get the revenge storyline. Uh, I, I totally understand it, but it, it's time to give Philly on uh, a few more starts. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. Again, he may have played last night against St. John. We're hoping play him against Cape Breton. And then, yeah, you're going to get Lemieux against St. John again on the 25th. But then you're back to Philly on the 27th. So just he needs to start more of these games as we get into the month of April and, and getting into the playoffs and, and these important games. But uh, that's going to do it for us uh, again. This should be the last time we're uh, we're not together in the studio. I missed you. Um, it's always more fun when you're in the studio. Uh, but you got two home games out of three this weekend. Um, tomorrow night against Cape Breton and then Sunday night against Charlottetown. Potentially could be Wild Willie's last game on the 27th. We don't know, but if it is, you might as well show up. Uh, if you got a family and you're gonna get some, you're gonna get some good hockey and you're gonna get to see Wild Willie. So um, that's it for us. You guys have a good night. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Wildcast Podcast. Follow us on social media at Moncton Wildcast. Thank <laughs> you.